Good morning, Glad Tidings Church. You all got an extra hour of sleep, so I trust that you'll be fully rested and ready to listen. Perhaps not, right? <laughs> I don't know what happens in this daylight savings time. Dominican Republic, we don't do this kind of stuff. So it's highly annoying for me. And perhaps for some of our internationals as well. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. It was not on my notes, not on the plan, but God had me do it for the first service, and we're going to do it here in second service. Is that okay? Yeah. We're going to do it anyway. So, if you already gave, if the bucket has passed you by, stand if you can. Just stand right now. There you go. I love it. You're a catalyst, man. Yeah, you just make things happen. You're the first one to get up. God sees that. Do that in your life. When you come in contact with people, just be the first one to bring glory to Jesus in your sphere of influence. All right? Praise God. Now, do this with me. All right? Good. Good. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with your people. Father, I pray that you use this feeble vessel, a sinner, saved by grace and purchased by the blood of Christ. And I pray right now, O oh God, that ears may be open and that your people will have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I pray, O oh God, that lives may be transformed. I pray that hearts may be changed, O oh God, and that you will receive all of the glory and all of the honor. It's all about you, King Jesus, this morning. And God's people say amen. amen. Uh, you may be seated. So, Pastor Walt is on vacation today. And I, I have to be honest, last service, 8 o'clock service, I said a lie. I said that Pastor Walt needed vacation because of me. Amen. That is not true. It's because of Pastor Jason. <laughs> and Holy Spirit convicted me of that as we worship. He said, no, you lied. Say the truth. It's because of Pastor Jason. <laughs> so Pastor is not with us today, but he will be coming back um, in a week. So... Continue to pray for your pastor. I trust that many of you do, but continue to pray for him. Uh, he, he carries a weight that many of us don't understand, right? So I trust that you'll be doing that. All right, so last week, Pastor Walt spoke to us about where transformation begins. And he told us that the essence of Jesus' ministry is not love, as many could believe. But the essence of Jesus' preaching and ministry was about the kingdom of God. Love is only shared three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But the kingdom of God is mentioned over 200 times in those three gospels. So, Pastor Wall also talked about how Jesus preached the kingdom, demonstrated the kingdom, illustrated the kingdom, and prayed the kingdom. He also said that Jesus said to us, now you preach this kingdom. Now you preach this message of the kingdom. Pastor talked about how Jesus now is handing the baton to us. You know, and for the sake of everybody here, we come from different countries, over 57 nations represented, praise God. I don't know if everybody has seen a relay race, but all it is is you have a team of runners. One takes up first, and then it has some kind of stick in their hand. I don't know why they didn't make it something else, but that's what it is. 
So they're running and the first person passes it on to the second person. And then that first person's job is done. And then the next runner takes off. And while they have that baton, the goal is to get through the finish line first. So the picture, I love pictures and I love this kind of illustration because pastor said Jesus had the baton. God the Father sent Jesus for, with an assignment to earth. But Jesus at one point said, it is finished. Meaning that the baton has been passed on to somebody. And that's you and I. And that's what my focus will be today. Focusing on that handing off of the baton. Pastor Wall said, I'm here to announce to you that the kingdom of God is here. What are you going to do about it? I love that. Because that is the question. What will you and I do about it? You know, this, this week, and as I've been percolating and bubbling up with stuff that God has put in me, this week I talked to a couple of staff members, and I talked to Pastor Jason, and I said, hey, man, God is saying this. And he says, man, this scripture came to my mind. And then I talked to, our, to Nicholas, our, our communications director, and talking about what God is saying, what God is doing. And he says, man, this scripture came to my mind. Same scripture. So I don't believe in coincidence. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, you're trying to say something here. So that's what we're going to focus today. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. So if you could take your old school Bibles, paper ones, or your smart devices, and join me there, Matthew chapter 11, beginning on verse 11. And we're going to have it on the screens uh, for those of you that um, do not have a, a Bible with you. As surely I say to you, among those born of woman... There has not there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I want to take a moment to talk about the words of Jesus here. But first, I want to talk about this man. And I know many of you know of him and could probably do a better job talking about him than I can. But I want to focus on John the Baptist. So let's use our imaginations just for a moment. Let's imagine you don't know who John the Baptist is. Okay? So just say to me, Raphael, who is John the Baptist? Man, you guys are so engaged. That hour of sleep really helped. So I'm glad you're asking. You know, John the Baptist was born of an aged couple, Jewish aged couple. And they were, it, it was uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. And they were from, the, from, a, from a priestly line. Zacharias was, uh, was a, uh, a priest. And John's mother, Elizabeth, she was related to Mary, the mother of Jesus. So this is where he comes from. Uh, Elizabeth was barren. And, you know, she, they were both in their, in their young, in a very, very old age. So she cannot have babies and they were already very old. So his birth, John the Baptist's birth was a miracle in and of itself. Kind of like Jesus. But Elizabeth, he had a, John had a mom and dad. Yeah. Jesus was conceived just by the Holy Spirit. Don't ask me. So also John was a very weird looking dude. Very weird. 
He wore, he, he wore camel's hair with a leather belt and he ate locusts and wild honey. I don't even how, I don't even begin to know how you put those things together. So if you think you're weird, he was, he took it to the next level. Means he was the kind of guy that walks up in Walmart and you look at everybody's like, whoa. And that seems some weird stuff there. Seven centuries before Jesus came on the scene, before Jesus was born, there was already a prophecy that had gone forth about the birth of John the Baptist. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5, says this. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. That was one time again. 500 years before Jesus. Then it comes Malachi. And then Malachi is also prophesying this birth of John the Baptist. Malachi 3.1 says, look, I am sending my messenger. John the Baptist, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, Jesus, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's army. Two different prophets. Two completely different prophets talked about this birth. I don't know about you, but my birth was not prophesied. Nobody knew I was coming. Not even my parents knew I really was coming. You know, John the Baptist has an amazing resume. He preached in, in, the, in the desert of Judea and he baptized, get this, he baptized Jesus himself. See, I baptized many people, but I don't have Jesus on my resume. I can't say that. See, in John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, it also talks about how John the Baptist is the one, the, is the one that announced the ministry of Jesus. He's the one that says, behold, the son of God. This is the son of God. And he also said, this is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. That's who John the Baptist was. I mean, that was a great announcement. I've made some announcements, but none like that. That was an amazing announcement. He had the job to prepare the way for the king to come. Pastor Wall told us last week that John the Baptist's message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. No wonder why Jesus said right here in Matthew eleven eleven, among those born of, of woman, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. I mean, when you think about everything he ha- he did. That's a great statement by Jesus. But something very interesting and puzzling to me happened right after Jesus makes Jesus makes that statement. He makes a second statement. He says, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Back to. What Pastor Wall said last week, Pastor Wall asked, what is the kingdom of heaven or what is the kingdom of God? 
You guys remember that? He said that the kingdom of God is not some realm out there. But the kingdom of God is wherever the king's rule and reign and authority is in display. Wherever the king is, that's where his authority is. So wherever the authority and the reign of the king is, that's where the kingdom of God is. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you part of the kingdom of God? One, two, three. I'm asking everybody in this place. Are you part of the kingdom of God? Yes. yes. And, and it could be no. There's no wrong answer here. You're either part of the kingdom of God or you're not. And if you're not, we can take care of that. Just saying. We're going to get there. But see, do you realize the implications of your yes right now? There's some serious implications to you and I as we say, yes, we're part of the kingdom of God. Because, again, Jesus says, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, John the Baptist. I just asked you if you're a part of the kingdom of heaven and you say yes. So now let me tell you, this means that there's no more excuses. No more excuses. There's no more excuses. Oh, well, I didn't go to Bible school. Well, I didn't graduate university. Well, I am a minority. I'm an international. They don't understand my accent. There's not an excuse. Oh, I'm brown. I'm black. I'm white. I'm yellow. I'm red. There's no excuses. I'm a woman. No excuse. I'm a man. No excuse. I'm young. Not an excuse anymore. We are great at making excuses and passing the buck. This is nothing new. This began from the foundations of the world when man was created. Adam jumped in the scene and said, the woman you gave me. She gave and I ate. That's what we do. That's part of our DNA. But we must understand the implications here in the comment Jesus made. In the statement that Jesus made. But whoever you think is the lowest in the kingdom of heaven, the lowest, the least, is greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the one that was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. To make the high places low, the crooked places straight. He is the one whom the prophets would declare that he was coming. He's a miracle baby. He's an answer to prayer. He's the one that announced that Jesus was coming, was going to come bursting in the scene, right? He baptized the Lord. And yet Jesus is saying, you are greater than he. You are greater than he. I'm greater than he. You are greater than he. All of you in this place that say, yes. I am part of the kingdom of heaven. Are greater than he. I'm not making this up. These are the, the words of the great I am. 
the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who was and is to come. The whole earth is full of his glory. Those are his words about you and I. See, you got to stop telling me what you can't do. Got to stop telling me what you can do and tell me what you can do. Guys, can we put that, that verse again? Matthew eleven eleven up there. There's something I want us to do right now. So after the name of John the Baptist, the first part of the verse 11, the next word is what? Okay. So the second word, it says, but, and then, but he, right? Everybody sees it up here? Right. What I want us to do, we're going to read that part of the the verse. And instead of, but he, we're going to say, but your name. So I will say, Raphael, you say your name. Okay. Can we do that? One, two, three, let's go. But Raphael, who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Out of your mouth. The reason why I'm making you do this is because you, your mind, does not process something as truth until it comes out of your mouth. I think the Bible says something about that. If you confess with your mouth, right? Because I could tell you something, but until it comes out of your mouth, this right here doesn't process it as truth. And you need to tell yourself that because Jesus said it. And I'm not telling you this right here, that you're greater than John the Baptist for some kind of sort of self-helps. It's like you can feel better about yourself and if you feel so happy about your identity in Jesus and you go out of here and do nothing. That's not the purpose here. What I'm trying to do is to get you to see and to get you to understand how your Heavenly Father sees you. He sees you through the accomplishments of His Son. He sees you Through Jesus' victory here on earth. That's how he sees you. Well, now that we're clear on who we are. And in that verse 11, Jesus' statement about John the Baptist and about us that are part of the kingdom of heaven. Let's go now to verse 12. going to going to be focusing on Matthew eleven twelve, And it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. See, this is a very difficult verse, not only for you and I to understand, but also for scholars and theologians. And in their book, Understanding the Difficult Words of Jesus, David Biven and Roy Blisser Jr., they wrote this. The key to understanding Matthew eleven twelve turns out to be an old rabbinic interpretation. And all that means is just the, the, Hebrew, the Hebrew words, the Hebrew language that rabbis used to use post-biblical times. So it comes from an old rabbinic interpretation of Micah 2, 12 and 13 discovered by Professor David Flusser. So let's read Micah 2, 12 and 13 right now. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the, rem- the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. 
They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out of it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord as their head. So let me point out a couple of things from this text. In our English language, we will see this and see that the one who breaks open or the breach, um, the breach maker, the one who breaks open and their king could be interpreted as the same person. But in the rabbinic interpretation in, in, in the old Hebrew, it's not so. They're two individuals, two different people. So the first one, the breach maker or the one that breaks open is believed to be Elijah. Is believed to be Elijah. And then the second one, their king, is believed to be Messiah, King Jesus. So in Micah 2, 12 and 13, we see Jesus. But what does Elijah come in the picture? Let me take you to Luke chapter 117. When an angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, he said, Something very interesting. He declared that God had heard his prayers and that he was going to have a son. And this is what he said. I will also, he will also, this is of John the Baptist that he's saying this, Angel Gabriel. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, of the just to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. Luke 1 17. So now. When we look at Micah chapter 2. Verse 12 and 13. This is the picture. Okay. God gathers all of his sheep. He puts them all together. A great multitude of them. And then he makes this sheep pen. To keep them in. And he has them all together. And it's so noisy. It's so crowded. But the sheep are anxious to get out. They all want to come out of this sheep pen. They've all been tied in there. It's very noisy, very much chaotic in there, right? But then comes in the scene, the one who opens, the one who breaks open, the breach, the breach maker, which is John the Baptist. So John the Baptist comes and he opens up a gate. Then the sheep are breaking out. The sheep are moving forward. They will push. They will shove. They're all trying to get out through the same gate. Now, you imagine this in your head. Just all the sheep rushing to a small gate. All at the same time. All trying to get out at once. Trying to imagine that. Well, I have a quick video I want to show you. Instead of imagining that, I could show you so you could see it. How it will look like. More or less. So, as you see this. One opening. Now you see how darker that, that white of the sheep gets darker by that gate? That's a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of sheep trampling each other and just shoving, right? Now try to imagine this, and instead of hundreds of sheep, try to or thousands, just imagine millions, millions of sheep trying to go through there. Now that is the picture in Matthew eleven, verse twelve. 
when the New Living Translation translates it like this, and it says, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Forcefully advancing, kind of like you've seen there. That's what happened from the time that John the Baptist began, began preaching. We understand that. We understand that since we began preaching, the gate was open and the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 7, I am the gate for the sheep. He is the gate. So through Jesus, we have access, right? And it's not only access to salvation. Hello, there's access to a whole lot more because we have access to the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is wherever the, the king's reign and rule is. So we have access to, the, to that rule and reign. In the second part of this verse, however, it says, And the violent take it by force. So the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. And now the violent take it by force. The correct interpretation of that verse from, from the old text is those who are breaking out. From the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advance, advancing with those that are breaking out from the kingdom of heaven. Just like you've seen those sheep breaking out from the sheep pen. Now what does this mean then? What is the meaning of all this? The kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of the king is breaking out. The members of the kingdom, his sheep, are breaking out as well. Actually, the sheep have been breaking out since the days of John the Baptist. Are you following? So now what is the implication of Matthew eleven twelve to us today? The shepherd leads his sheep to forcefully advance the kingdom. The king leads his Sheep and his heirs to forcefully advance the kingdom. To preach this message of the kingdom. To demonstrate this message of the kingdom. To illustrate this message of the kingdom. See, Jesus is himself came to preach and to demonstrate and to illustrate the kingdom of heaven. And in John 11, 19, 30, he said, it is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. I don't know how you read that, but to me, my interpretation is, he said, my work here is done. I'm done here. I did what I was sent here to do. I have accomplished what the Father gave me to do, and it is finished. Mark 16, 19 says, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Let me ask you this. If you're out there in the yard and you're doing some yard work. Or you shoveling snow. Or whatever else you got to do. And you are at work. Right? And then you get in the house and you're hot. And you take a good glass of water. And then you do what? You do what? The work is done. So when the work is done. Then you sit down. See, Jesus ascended into the right hand of the Father, and he sat down. Guess what? 
So many times we blame Jesus for things not going the way we think they ought to go. Guess what? He's like, it is finished. The authority, the rule, and the reign of the king's kingdom is here. What are you going to do about it? He gave us a mandate. He passed the baton. He said, preach this gospel of the kingdom. That is a mandate to you and I. He gave us the spirit and power to continue to advance his kingdom. So, you guys, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. It's not about you and I staying in the safety of the sheep pen anymore. See, God did not give his best. He did not sacrifice the darling of heaven, the only begotten son of God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, right? He did not sacrifice his, his son for you and I to continue to be in the sheep pen and just eat grass all day. That's not what it's all about, guys. There was a time when you needed to be in the sheep pen. You needed the safety of the sheep pen. You needed the safety and the nourishment. But guess what? There's grass on the outside too. There's nourishment that God has for you that you will not get to discover unless you pass through the gate. Unless we continue to forcefully advance this kingdom of heaven. There's no reason why your neighbors should not know that you're not a, that you're a believer. There's no reason. There is no reason why your co-workers or your kids in the school, there's no reason why they should know that you believe in prayer, that you pray to an almighty God and that you expect a response, that you expect him to answer because he is a good father. And everything you ask in his name, he shall do it according to his will. There's no reason why the parents and your kids' teams and sports teams shouldn't know that you come to church and that you're committed and that you serve and that you believe in the local church. There's no reason. There's no more excuses, guys. There's no more excuses. Jesus himself said, you are greater than John the Baptist. And I read you his resume. Guys, this is tough. This is tough for me. We all fall short, right? So the Bible says we all fall short to the glory of God, but are justified freely. That means it's a free gift of God. Have been justified freely by the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Redemption is he paid the price for you and I. And we can no longer just stay there and get fat with the grass inside the sheep pen. We can't do it. I love you too much to let you do that. And he loves me too much to let me do that. you stand see there's a point in our walk with God that we have to make decisions
As you see, you've seen in that video, the sheep were all circling around. There were some that were the first ones out the gate. But there were others that were lagging behind. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. Those that are part of the kingdom are breaking out. You say yes. You said I am part of the kingdom of God. And is that you, what Jesus said about your identity and what Jesus said about preaching this gospel to the kingdom does not only fall on me. Does not only fall on somebody that has a, a title in front of their name. Does not only fall on people that are part of the staff here or many hundreds and thousands of churches all across America and the world. It's every single one of us. No more excuses. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Greater works than Jesus. That is perplexing to me. But it shouldn't be. Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. That is you. That is me. Do you believe? trust that the Spirit of God is moving in your heart and mind right now. I trust that He's doing something that I can't do. For the Spirit of God is in you to accomplish the task that you have been given. Just as Jesus accomplished the task that was given Him Tonight, I want, I mean, this morning, I want to do this. I want to ask you to respond to what God is saying to us today. I'm not calling any altar workers, any prophetic team, anybody to pray with you. Between you and your Heavenly Father. If you realize... that you are part of the kingdom of heaven and you want to continue to forcefully advance this kingdom make your way to this altar make your way out and if you can't make it all the way down here if it gets too crowded move out to the aisle up on the balcony same thing you can move move from your spot from where you're at just move somewhere if you realize and you know I want to continue to advance this kingdom because Jesus said, now you. I did, now you. And it's a step that we're taking forward saying, I will. I will advance this kingdom. And it's between you and God. And I'm going to pray for myself. And you pray. You pray. Father in heaven. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you that you send 
a man like John the Baptist to make the crooked path straight, to make the high places slow, to open the gate, oh God. I thank you for the safety of the sheep pen in my life. But I thank you that you are not going to allow me to remain there. Thank you that you have called me to break out of the sheep pen. Thank you, oh God, that you have given me your spirit, the spirit of the living God, to accomplish this task. I thank you, Father, that as I move forward and I, and I continue to help advance this kingdom, that you are going to be with me. I pray that you help me with my insecurities. I pray that you help me with my weaknesses. I pray, oh God, that you help me with all of my excuses. Oh God, for there are many. I pray that your spirit may arise within me and that I may move forward, that I may take, I may take the enemy's territory over, oh God. Father, we're here today to reclaim what the enemy has stolen, oh God. Father, we don't no longer want to be in safety. We no longer want to be in the secure place in a little Sunday morning, Wednesday night in a small group bubble, oh God. But we are going to advance this kingdom in Jesus' name. I did not tell you one other part of John the Baptist's resume. And that is that he got his head chopped off. That is that he got his head chopped off and he even he doubted when he was locked up. He sent some of his disciples saying, okay, is this Jesus? Are, are you go, go ask him, is he the one that was to come or did we get it wrong? And when his disciples went back to Jesus and asked him, are you the one who is to come? Jesus said, the blind see, the deaf speak. What have you seen? Have you seen the kingdom of God moving here and now? Yes. Okay, then. What are you asking me about? Have you seen the kingdom of God move in your life? Have you? I mean, I don't have to go too, too far, guys. Just the mere fact that I love God with all my heart. Just the fact that my life has been transformed. That's enough proof for me. Because I was a wretched sinner and I wanted nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with righteousness. Nothing to do with love. Nothing to do with forgiveness. And that's not who I am anymore. For if I need proof, if you need proof, you are the proof. You are the proof of the kingdom of God. Now there's some of you in here that this message makes no sense. Because you're not part of the kingdom. You are not part of the kingdom of God. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Did not do this in the first service, but I feel like we need to do this right now. If you are not, listen to me, if you're not part of the kingdom of God, part of the kingdom of heaven, I need you to slip up your hand. And I just want to see you. Don't get nervous. If you want to lift up your hand and say, you know what? I need to be part of the kingdom of heaven. I want to see the king's reign and rule and authority in my life. I need to come in through the gate, Jesus Christ. I need to come into the sheep pen. If that's you, lift up your hand.
going to ask a member of our team, of our altar team, prayer team, to go meet with this gal right here, this lady. She had her hand lifted. Pray with her. Praise God. Lord, you're so good. Now the rest of you, you've been given an assignment. Father, I pray for these, your people. I pray for your sheep, oh God. God, may your spirit overflow in their lives. Lord, I pray that you will touch them in a new way. I pray, I pray for dreams and visions, oh God. I pray that they may break out. I pray, oh God, that they will see those opportunities as small as they may be, whether they're at work, at school, at the store, in their homes. we not be ashamed of the gospel may we not be ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ but it is the power of God unto salvation to those that are perishing oh God may we be the lifeline in those around us oh God may we not just leave it to the professionals quote unquote but may we oh God get our hands dirty thank you Jesus as we close we're going to worship in this song I pray that you may just get along with your father he has something to tell you